today, Eric and I get a little personal and we each share three habits that we're working on and one habit that we want to build. So if you're curious about the habits that impact our lives and some of our tips and advice for perhaps how to address the habits that you want to build and the habits that you want to deconstruct, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Welcome to the Weekly Walk Podcast, the perfect podcast to take with you on a 30-minute walk. I'm Joyce, the pack leader here at 99 Walks, and each week, my husband and co-founder, Eric, and I explore tools, tactics, research, and random stories to help you keep moving forward and creating a life you love. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. Habits are hard. Habits are easy. Habits are powerful. Habits are friendly. Not really. Like Casper? The, yeah, not really. I just, <laughs> that was the first thing that popped into my <laughs> mind. Just listeners, I have a little bit of a cold. So if I'm abnormally goofy, that is why. A little bit of a head cold, huh? Yes. A man cold? Totally a man cold. Oh, poor little bunny. Exactly. Nevertheless, you rallied for the day to talk about some of the habits that we are working on. And I thought it would be fun today. Fun is not the right word. I thought it would be interesting today for you and I to get a little bit personal and talk about some of the personal habits that we are working on, why, and how we might be able to effectuate some change around them. Yeah, habits are, and I've been thinking of them lately as like these grooves embedded in our brain. Well, that sounds creepy. Yeah, but it just sort of makes sense. They're, they're grooves, and they can be good grooves or bad grooves. I don't know. I don't think you should judge the grooves in your brain. How about we don't call them good and bad? How about we call them positive? How about we call them fabulous and things that we're working on? Excellent. So I have a bunch of bad things that I'm working on. (laughs) (laughs) I think you missed the point a little bit. But nevertheless, habits are incredibly powerful because they do light up your brain in different ways. They access different areas of your brain. They really are the things that let us function at our highest because we function a little bit on autopilot. And that can be incredibly helpful and powerful, assuming that we're using our habits and our autopilot for the things that we want to accomplish and that we're not using our habits and our autopilot for things that are not serving us. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that in autopilot. Like there have been numerous times like when we are going, let's say to the grocery store and I will turn along the way and make the turn into the office because I'm on autopilot. (laughs) Absolutely. If you stop and think about certain drives that you may take on a daily basis. I drove to the office this morning. I have zero, zero memory of that. Yep. So if you think about how unbelievably powerful that can be, you can 
do something and not even think about it. You can accomplish something and not even think about it. You can start something and not even think about it. That's awesome. And when you apply that, right, when you apply that to something, you're going to judge me for judging this, but when you apply it for something good or positive or productive, however you want to phrase it, that, right, that's super powerful. I literally just said that. (laughs) (laughs) I was on autopilot. I didn't hear you. So you go first. Give me one habit that you are working to change. All right. So I have this habit of getting up in the morning and checking my phone. And then sometimes I'll check emails. Sometimes I'll do a little mindless social scrolling. Sometimes I'll do the Wordle. And I would like to break that habit. That's a hard one. I think so many people do that. They just wake up and reach for their phone. And I know what you're really doing. What am I really doing? Well, you're really, you don't want to get out of bed because whoever wants to get out of bed? And our our bed's so comfy. (laughs) I know. It's so cozy in there. And you're just waiting for the coffee fairy to show up. (laughs) Yes. So one of the, it's not a habit, one of the routines that we have is if I haven't left the house, sometimes I leave the house super early, either for a workout or a walk or just to get into the office. But when I'm home, I will usually bring Eric a cup of coffee just the way he likes it in bed. But if you were to just like wake up and bounce out of bed, the coffee fairy would have no opportunity Sometimes the coffee fairy shows up while I'm still asleep, but that's that's pretty unusual. But you know yeah. what? I'm always afraid if I leave coffee next to the bed, you're going to wake up, reach for your phone, and knock it to the ground. <laughs> I always look for the coffee first. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that is something that I'm trying to to change. And even if I don't get out of bed immediately at that moment, like one of the things I want to do is read more books, like. I would be perfectly happy to read for five to ten minutes. I have a stack of books. They're personal development. They're uh, health and wellness. There's all I have a stack of them on my nightstand. So I would like to not grab my phone and grab a book. And that goes to one of the most effective ways to work on a habit that you're trying to adjust, and that is don't just stop cold turkey, replace it with something else. And I think people don't give that the credit that it's due. So if you're trying to stop doing something or you're trying to do less of it, really think about what you can replace it with. Yep. So that's mine. What about you? Well, since we're talking about morning, I'll start with a morning one. And this goes back, and our friends Tom and Casey sometimes listen to our podcast, and this one I learned from Casey. So early in the pandemic, they were guests of ours because everybody, they were sort of in our bubble. And maybe it was even pre-pandemic. And Casey got up, we got up, and we were in the kitchen. They stayed over for the weekend, and we were in the kitchen doing the morning chit-chat, and she fixed herself a cup of coffee. And she put in her coffee milk and sweetener. And then she warmed up the milk and sweetener in the microwave. 
And then she poured her coffee in it. And I was like, that looks really good. So I did the same thing. And after 20 years of drinking my coffee black and liking it that way, loving it that way, I started drinking my coffee with milk and sugar. There's, it can't be good for me. It's pretty small amounts, but I guess adding it up, if you're really doing it five, six, seven days a week, yeah, it's probably better to just have the black coffee. And that's part of it, uh, too. Like, is this life-changing for me? No. But is it the best use of, is that really the first thing I want to put in my body? First thing in the morning. No. I don't think it is. Uh, so it's on the list of, of something I would like to try to change. And I think about it. Ah, And maybe I do need something to replace it with. Something that seems yummy and is worth getting out of bed for. And I, I honestly, like I used to just love my black coffee. And I'll only have one of those milk and sugar situations a day. And then I'll move on to black coffee. So anyway... The issue around this, to your point exactly, is this is not a big deal, but day in and day out, these little habits that build up, that are kind of exponential in their impact on your life, your body, your health, just seems like something over time I'd be better off not doing. So what would you replace it with? Black coffee or would you find something more I'm, I'm almost thinking what what's the word hygge the comforting word h-y-g-g-e the just something Norwegian thing yummy something yummy yummy coffee with milk and sugar is yummier than black coffee <laughs> uh, it just is so anyway the point of that is just a reminder that little habits over time can add up to meaningful impact. Okay. All right. My turn? Your turn. All right. Something I'm trying to limit, lessen, whatever, is the habit that I have of eating two, sometimes even three, but usually more like two, uh, like protein bars for snacks over the course of the day. How many? Two to three. So one, I think, is is okay. And just sort of quelch my hunger in the middle of the day, have a little snack. I think it's fine. But two or three, I just have to cut that out. For actually similar reasons, I think, to my morning coffee. There's, even though there, there's a lot of protein in them and some of them have some things that are good for you, there's typically a fair bit of sugar in those things. Yeah, and I, I think I do get the ones with low sugar, but I I think the the best or or a good source of nutrition for myself and would I be think most food. People, yeah, is <laughs> is a whole original state foods, vegetables, fruits, healthy meats, eggs, whatever your sort of thing is, but the you think the in... core element is for it not to be ultra processed. And however you look at it, 
protein bars fall under the ultra-processed category, and in general, ultra-processed is not the best choice. It's similar then to my coffee situation in that you've got to find something to replace it. Like when you, and we've talked about this before, so I'm not outing you, but years ago, well, I'm not outing you for the first time because we've <laughs> talked about it before and you've talked about it. Years ago, you had a major Diet Coke habit. Oh, yeah. I was three, four cans of Diet Coke a day. On the list of things that could not, probably not good for you. And you... You replaced that habit with a flavored seltzer habit, which then you weaned off of that. Yep. I still occasionally will get a flavored seltzer, but yeah, my Diet Coke habit is now gone. gone, And the only time, and I've said this before, the only time I have a Diet Coke is the three to four times a year we go to a movie theater. Which is sort of a weird thing. It's just, yeah, Diet Coke and popcorn and watching a movie. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the whole experience. Fair enough. So the, the trick you used, I don't like the word trick, but what you used to get off your Diet Coke habit was replace it with something else. So you got to think about and figure out what you're going to replace your protein bar habit with. Yeah, and I'm thinking sort of two things, either a piece of fruit, or a portioned handful of trail mix. That's that's my that's my thinking. Nuts and seeds, baby. Nuts and seeds. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm working on. Well, I just placed an order from one of my favorite favorite sites. This is not a paid promotion <laughs> at all. Uh, I discovered uh, probably a decade ago nuts.com. What did it used to be called? Nutsonline.com. Ah. And they spent a lot of money buying nuts.com. Yeah, they spent like a million dollars. Yeah, and it was a small, it's a small, it was a small family owned business. Uh, But their service is fantastic. Their products are fantastic. And they deliver in like 24 hours. So, uh, yeah, let's start. We were talking to our son last night. He has started making his own trail mix because (laughs) as he described it, he was in a store the other day. And he was looking at the trail mix, and it had almonds in it. And for a reason that I just simply don't understand, our son does not like almonds. They seem like a pretty non-offensive nut, but nevertheless. So he said he was looking at it, and he was thinking, oh, I wish they did that without almonds. And then he looked next to it, and all of the component parts were in other bags. And he thought, oh, I could just buy the things I like and mix them all together and make a trail mix. And he did. And he did. So my point is, so can you. Yeah, maybe I should do that. Make my own Eric's trail mix. And then, like, if it's really good, we could put it in bags and sell it to people and start a whole business. That No. (laughs) No? I don't know. If anybody out there wants to try Eric's trail mix, just let us know. We'll send you a sample. (laughs) But you, you really can get pretty geeky on that because you can think about what are what are the nutritional profiles of some of the things in there? Different nuts, different seeds have different benefits. So you actually could get even a little bit uh, geeky on it. Yep. Right? I'm all about the pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds and, uh, yeah. All right. I, I just had the stupid idea. 
<laughs> Blame it on your head cold. Go ahead. Nope. Nope. Really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're going to tease me and everybody else with, I just had an idea, but you're not going to tell us what it is? Yep. All right. All right. I would like, and I've been working on this actually for a couple of years and I'm making tremendous progress. So one of these habits or tendencies is something that I'm putting out there because it's something that I have sort of uh, really improved. And that is the tendency to add the word but to the end of the sentence. I'll give you an example. It's beautiful out today, but it's supposed to rain tomorrow. This went really well, but I'm afraid it won't. Yeah, I would say. You would say what? You should be working on that. I have been working on it, and I'm so much better. I've noticed. You have noticed, really? A little bit, yeah. And it comes, that that but, that qualifier comes from so many different places. I think it comes from our negativity bias. It comes from this weird uh, temptation that, I don't know, I have, and I don't think I'm alone in this, that like I don't want to tempt fate. It's really hard to be like, everything is awesome, because you know there's a decent chance that tomorrow it won't be. So you, there's just like this feeling that if I embrace the good and I celebrate the good, but I don't kind of put a guardrail up around the fact that something not so good might happen. Does that make any sense? Does that make any sense to you? Sure. Do you do that? Sure. I mean, even yesterday I reached out to one of our jetty suppliers and said, I need to speed up this order because we're selling more product than anticipated. And I was like, oh, if I send this, I'm totally going to jinx us. And, you know, people aren't going to buy as many jetty bowls. But like, and then we're going to be sitting on all this inventory because we... Right. And, you know, those things are just unrelated. And, uh, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking this is very in line with the Stoics in a couple of ways. One... Focus on the positive. It, it is what it is. Be a realist. But and... if you focus on the positive, then the negative's going to sneak up and bite you. <laughs> and it very well may. But that'll be a completely separate thing. And it's control what you can control. And Joyce, I have news for you. You Me. do not control the weather with your <laughs> mind. Well, Eric... Yeah. I have news for you. Oh, I guess you do sort of control the business with, <laughs> with your effort. With my mind in space. <laughs> Not so much with your mind, but certainly with your effort. Yes. But I think part of it is that sense that we're trying to guard ourselves and prepare ourselves for the negative. Yeah. I mean, knock wood or touch wood, whatever your expression is. And what, where did that come from in the olden days people would do that just to make sure that the like wood nymphs were sleeping or didn't hear you or whatever which seems weird because you're going to wake them up by knocking on the wood <laughs> but that's somewhat of the genesis around that so yeah um but i guess that's a good thing and it's it's a good habit to break and just sort of be in the moment that's the other thing is if you're like oh it's sunny today but it's going to rain tomorrow. Like you just took your, you were in the moment and now you're out of the moment and trying to be in the future, which we can't be. 
And we can't, to your point, we can't control the future. It will be what it will be. But how do we deal with the fact that we're trying to mentally and emotionally prepare ourselves for the negative? I think if you're in the habit or practice or philosophy of being in the moment and accepting that the moment is the moment. The obstacle is the way, which is the title of a, of a very good book on stoicism. So if you are in a sunny moment, enjoy the sunny moment. If you're in a rainy moment, accept the fact that you can't change the rainy moment and put on a raincoat. <laughs> that was funny. I wasn't even trying. Such good advice. <laughs> All right. Give me one more that you're working on adjusting, changing, minimizing, obliterating. Well, this is sort of a tangent of what we were just talking about, particularly with the business and as sort of sales and marketing arm that just goes up and down. Some days are good days, some days are bad days. And what I am working on is looking at the trend and the whole and the big picture and not worrying about individual moments, mostly days in time, when things aren't going the way I want. There's, you know, if you look at, at the business growth path to success, you sort of want it to be this smooth curve that starts out at a low build and arcs upwards and goes into like a hockey stick stick shape, but it's nice and smooth. And it just doesn't work like that. It looks more like a lightning bolt laid on its side, side with zigs and zags and ups and downs. And as long as it's still in that upward trend, things are pretty darn good. So I have to or I would like to stop sort of overweighting those downward zags. Not to bring everything back to the Stoics, but that is the language that you like. It seems to me that the lesson in that is respond, don't react, because you do tend to be a little reactionary to a bad day, uh, both in the moment, just as far as how you feel about it, and then the desire to take immediate action without taking the mental space to respond. Mm, good one. Yep. So I will apply that in my efforts to make that change. And what's the secret to doing that? You just have to catch yourself? What are you going to tell yourself? Like, how are you going to make that change? Yeah. It, the first thing with any habit particularly, Particularly, I'm saying this one that you want to break out of is awareness. So catching myself in the moment, saying, here's what I'm doing, and then saying to myself, okay, what do I want to do instead? And doing that. So easy. Easy as pie. <laughs> not so easy. Kidding. Not so easy. Okay. All right. I have the last one on the list of things that I'm trying to do less of. And I've talked about this before, but it is certainly, I don't have it. I don't know, but I've got to stop overstuffing my days. I am so much happier when I don't overstuff my days. Yes, I've noticed that. So how are, how are you going to do that? 
honestly, I don't quite know because when opportunities present themselves, I guess I guess the answer is I have to be a little bit more selective about the things to which I say yes, but it's the old the old conundrum which is that you just don't know what is going to lead to something interesting. You just don't know. I'll give you an example. Can I give you an example? Yes, please. Uh, somebody I know professionally, sort of a professional friend, reached out many months ago and said, I have met somebody who you need to meet. I need to introdu introduce you to Jessica. And I was like, all right, my dance card is full. My days are packed. Do I really have the time to schedule a call with an absolute stranger for no particular reason other than that Laura said we should meet. And I said yes, because I tend to say yes. And that resulted in a more in an even more overstuffed day. And you know what happened? What? I made a new friend. No. And I made a new friend and we are aligned in our mission and our business and we might be able to help and support each other from a business standpoint. So that conversation, that introduction gave me a new friend and the possibility of doing some interesting collaboration together. So how do you know when you're supposed to say no to things? Like in the whole met the whole sort of metric of if it's not a hell yeah, say no. It wasn't a hell yeah of do you want to meet this random person you don't know anything about? Yeah, you're just going to have to try it. I think the overall value for you of having more unstuffed days and how that's going to bring you joy, benefit you, allow you to focus, happiness, positivity, But then energy. I wouldn't have Jessica in my life. Well, maybe, maybe not. But maybe you would have been more relaxed or maybe that opportunity would have come up at a time when you did have more bandwidth. Well, I am trying to spread out things. So that is that's definitely helping a little bit. I'm not putting everything in today. Right. Some things some things can wait. Yep. All right, last one for you and then we'll do real quick two new habits we're hoping to create. Unless you're ready for that. I'm ready for that. I did, oh. I did my three leave behinds and my two new ones. Oh, I only have one new one. Okay, you go first. Go. Uh, so I would like to get more in the habit of staring at the sun in the morning. Not literally staring at the sun because it could be bad for your eyes. So don't take this as like advice to stare into your, the sun until your eyes burn. Correct. So... One of my big issues is quality sleep. I just don't sleep as well as I would like. And something I've been reading and hearing more and more often is that when you wake up and see the sun low on the horizon and get that light in your eyes, on your face, that sets your body clock to start of the day. And when your body clock is really accurately set to the start of the day, relatively early in the day, 
you are then going to have a clock that is aligned with when you want to go to sleep. So, yes, you're not going to stare directly in the sun. Sometimes, if the sun is sort of filtering through the trees a little bit, I can look at it. But just sort of putting my face in that direction and looking you know, near it and doing that as many days as I can, which I used to sort of have that opportunity more when Maddie used to take the bus because we would sit on our front oh, porch, which porch faces time. the sun. Yeah, oh, we I love porch, porch time. So I'm trying to get a little of me porch time with my coffee and just stand out there and just feel the sun on my face like you're supposed to do it for 10 minutes when it's sunny and like 20 minutes when it's cloudy. Um, but who has time for that? <laughs> you so, have time for that. Even if it's three to five minutes, I would like to make that more of a habit. That's a good one. And that factors in a little bit. You're sort of talking about some morning routine. A little a bit. A little bit. Yep. Trying to move away from... And, you know, as you think about it, actually, if you're talking about setting your circadian rhythm first thing in the morning, my suspicion is blue light off of your phone is probably the opposite of what you need first thing in the morning. Mm, something to think about. More so, reading. So those things tie together. Yeah, for good, sure. Good and, and not so good. Okay. You were running low on time already. Last last one for me, and this is something I've talked about, and oh, gosh, I've, I've wanted to do, I've tried to do, and I just want to try again, is I would like an after-dinner walk. We have the great fortune of having a fenced backyard. It's not huge, but it's big enough for Moose to go out and do his business. So we don't have to walk in the evenings. We don't have to walk after dinner. But the benefits of an after-dinner walk on your mind, your mood, and your body are so many. And this thing that I do of eating dinner and collapsing into bed... <laughs> just can't be the best for me. So I'm hoping, especially as the days get longer, and this has to become a habit because it has to be something that I just do automatically. And Moose could be a help because if I start this as a routine, then he will remind me after dinner. Well, this goes to something that we actually touched on as we were driving to do the podcast this morning is... There's a full mile out and back walk that we do that's 20 minutes. But there's a shorter loop that we can do that maybe is 12 minutes. Right. And maybe if we just start with that, it'll just be that much easier to ingrain the habit. Start with a small version of your habit and build on it. It's another really good habit-building technique, this idea of habit stacking, habit building, starting small. All right, tonight after dinner, you, me, Moose. You betcha. Listen, Eric and I do this podcast every single week, and we're doing it for you. Well, we love spending this half hour of time together, just chit-chatting, exploring different topics, but really, we want to provide you 
with all of the information we possibly can. We want to answer your questions. We want to share whatever we can that might be interesting, fun, or useful for you. And the best way for us to do that is if you let us know what it is you'd like to hear us talk about. So please leave us a message at 866-99-WALKS, extension 3. It's 866-999-2557, extension 3. I promise we listen to every single one of them and we love to hear from the pack.